are back, baby. We are back. The Game Day Everyday Podcast makes its triumphant return here in 2023 alongside the Executive Director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, Rob Higgins. I am Ryan Bass. It is so good to see your face, my friend. It is so good to be back on this podcast. And it doesn't seem like you've been busy at all. It seems like you've just been taking a vacation since the last time we did this. Well, it's good I could finally pin you down to do an episode. I mean, I'm such <laughs> a world traveler for those that follow you on, on Instagram and every other social media platform. So it's good to have you nailed down. We're going to get back to this on a regular basis, and I, and I can't wait. I am so excited, my friend. Uh, and, and for those that have stayed with us, our, our loyal listeners, we appreciate you. We love you. And we have so much to fill you in on. It has been such an incredible First start of the year here for the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and for our amazing community. As you mentioned, World Traveler, I'm here in New York uh, with a beautiful view of Manhattan uh, as we get ready for Rays Yankees. We're going to get into that here in a little bit, but I want to start with Banana Ball taking over the Bay. The Rays aren't the only thing that have been taking Tampa Bay by storm. The Savannah Bananas had a two-day run at George Steinbrenner Field uh, here last month, and I unfortunately did not get the opportunity to go, Rob, but I will tell you social media was lit up with the experiences from Banana Ball. Uh, how awesome was it to host our friends in the Savannah Bananas for two days? And, and what kind of experience can you speak to uh, just how that was for our community? It truly was bananas. I mean, it was awesome. We had a, a blast. Uh, Jesse Cole, uh, their their owner and the great showman that he is, uh, has become a dear friend. And we just love collaborating with with him and their entire team. It all started back, Joey Johnston, uh, was helping write one of their books and made an intro to uh, to Jesse. And, you know, we hit it off and just started working on the opportunity to bring the bananas here. Um, there was 90 cities. I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but 90 different cities that had reached out to him to be a part of their world tour. They selected 33. We were fortunate to be one of the 33. And, I mean, the interest was crazy. I mean, they... They didn't sell out in in days or hours. I mean, they were sold out for two nights in, in basically minutes. And so 30 different states, uh, people from 30 different states bought tickets, traveled here. We're, we're starting to look at the hotel numbers now, but I can tell you the, the impact was Im- impressive and it was such a, a fun and magical two nights at Steinbrenner Field. What was maybe the one takeaway for you? And I and I I know there was an opportunity where you got to kind of sit down with Jesse Cole and and kind of host a conversation, which which was really cool to see. But uh, was there one takeaway from you that maybe will last with you in terms of the impact Banana Ball has had on our community, or at least the way you know the twenty thousand people over the two nights responded to the Savannah Bananas in town? You know, I, I think every event you get an opportunity to learn from, and and we've talked in the past about how these events have economic impact, they have social impact, but the lessons learned from from Jesse and their operation was phenomenal. I think so much of what we do when it comes to events, the focus is on the competition. Uh, But for them, I mean, we had thousands of people lining up two, three, four hours before uh, the game started to just be a part of the entire spectacle which, which really ran from before doors open all the way until an hour to an hour and a half after doors, uh, after the game had ended. So, I mean, to think about it in terms of their game was two hours, but it was really a five-hour uh, entire event. 
is something that I think we'll continue to study and take a hard look at and figure out ways to be able to program and entertain and make the fan experience even more well-rounded. You mentioned the conversation that we had with them. Uh, that was part of our overall deal with them is that, is I wanted our entire sports community to get a chance to interact and learn from, from Jesse. So we had representatives from every franchise here, as well as the Valspar championship, as well as, um, you know, our local colleges, all the team Tampa Bay really got a chance to visit with him and learn from him and ask questions and, and, and really study the banana ball model, which has been so successful. And I, you know, hope everybody got an opportunity to learn plenty of lessons and we'll get a chance to, to bake it into their overall fan experiences as well. It was 33 cities is what this world tour was for the Savannah Bananas and Tampa Bay was, uh, and Tampa was, you know, honored to host as, as one of those stops on that world tour. Do you anticipate Mr. Rob Higgins that we will see more banana ball in the Bay, hopefully in the future? Yeah, that's the hope and plan. I think we um, certainly have expressed our interest in continuing a, a long-term partnership with them. I really want to give a lot of credit uh, to the Yankees and Steinbrenner field, Tony Bruno, uh, Vance, uh, Howard, their their whole crew was a big part of this. And I know they're interested in continuing to bring them back and continue on this relationship. So we're going to let them get through this tour uh, before we really start pressing them about the next tour. But it is something that we want to continue on. And I mentioned Joey uh, earlier and you know his whole role in getting this done. He also had a fantastic article that if you haven't seen yet for all our listeners go to our website, check it out. It, it really uh, is a great recap piece of the overall weekend and gives you a feel for just how much the bananas enjoyed being in our community and how much our community enjoyed the bananas being here. The bananas weren't the only major event in April for us. We kicked off the month with our community's third NCAA men's frozen four, which was another fantastic experience. It seemed like such a raucous crowd at Amelie Arena for the Frozen Four. And one of the things that I really loved, and I know we'll get to this, I love when the fans were, were you know, coming out after you know, what an incredible championship game it was. You had Frozen Fourth uh, on the screen in, in terms of like, hey, we really want to host this event again. Rob, you know, this was, as you mentioned, you know, our third time and. Um, you know, the reaction to it, the experiences, uh, the, the not only the fan experiences, but the team experiences speak to just, you know, overall, just how successful from your standpoint, this event was, um, especially capping off the way that it certainly did. It was awesome. I mean, rarely in events does an event go perfect and I'm not claiming uh, that it was, but there's always these uncontrolled variables and you never know which way they're going to swing. So things like the weather, things like the games, the weather was awesome. Uh, we had an instant classic overtime national championship game, which was phenomenal. People were going to remember that forever. And so we were fortunate. A lot of things fell into place in addition to the things that we can control. But it was a, an, an awesome week. You know, it was the 75th edition of the NCAA Men's Frozen Four. And our attendance was third overall. So to think about, you know, us being in Tampa, Florida, a lot of folks consider us non-traditional but uh, but overall, I think we've proven that this is an event that that really works well here. And it's an event that our community embraces. The TV ratings were phenomenal, highest in 12 years. It was actually our national championship game was double uh, last year's. 
And then we've started to get the hotel numbers in um, and it proved to be an, an awesome impact on our community. I think one of the things people sometimes lose sight of is over holiday weekends, our tourism traditionally is slower. This was Easter weekend. And so to have an event, the magnitude of the Frozen Four come in and have such a great impact during a weekend that's usually a little slower was fantastic. So if you look at this Easter weekend with the Frozen Four compared to last Easter weekend, um, our hotel room nights were, were up about 6,200 uh, in in Hillsborough County. Um, you had a revenue increase of over 6 million. Uh, overall for Tampa Bay, the room nights were up uh, close to 14,000 when you factor in all the different counties and the occupancy was up over 10%. So those are indisputable figures. Those are uh, facts. There's no projections or calculations. I know a lot of people get in the economic impact conversation. We try to look at tangible numbers and you can tell without a shadow of a doubt, the frozen four was a huge win for our community. And so it's another event that we are focused on bringing back as quickly as possible. Uh, the NCAA bid cycle won't kick off uh, until later on this summer. And certainly we'll be focused on bringing back the, the men's frozen four for a future year. Yeah, good luck, St. Paul, St. Louis and Las Vegas living up to uh, what was just an incredible uh, stretch there for the uh, the frozen four here in Tampa and, and truly hopeful, Rob, that we get another opportunity um, to host it yet again coming up because it, it it was such a cool experience for those fans to come in town. Who wouldn't want to go and celebrate college hockey in 80s and 70 degree weather, Rob? I mean, come on. Doesn't get much better than that. I tell you what, I went down to, to Naples uh, about two or three weeks after the event for the American Hockey Coaches Association convention to get a chance to see a lot of the folks uh, from a team perspective and committee perspective that had come to the first board and they were still buzzing about it as, a, as are we, I mean, it is the best of both worlds, an opportunity to come to a community that's got great weather, but really appreciates hockey. You can walk to the, the games in your favorite Jersey, but also wear shorts and flip-flops and no offense to any of the others that, that host, but you don't get that everywhere. And so we're so fortunate with the way the, college hockey community has embraced us and there's no doubt we're going to continue to do everything we can to make it a frozen fourth at some point in the, in the near future. And what an exciting uh, championship it ended up being a game winning goal, 10 seconds into overtime um, for Quinnipiac there. And, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable championship. I was in the corner actually like in the, the tunnel where most of the Quinnipiac fans were in the lower level. I was standing next to Coach Pecknold's wife and family. And when they scored it that quick, I mean, the that end of the arena went absolutely nuts. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've got to take that suit I was wearing to get dry cleaned because there were some beverages that had uh, sprayed on me. Um, and Coach Pecknold, I, I want to give a, a, a lot of credit and kudos to him. He was a part of the committee when we hosted in 2012. He lost in the national championship when we hosted in 2016. And then for him to win it here uh, was fantastic. I got an opportunity to escort his family out on the ice for them to hug. And it was just a really special moment. He has been really outspoken about the opportunity to try to bring the frozen four here every three or four years, which certainly we would sign up for 
in uh, in a heartbeat. But all the coaches have been fantastic and super supportive of the effort here. And our, our hats off to all of them on fantastic seasons and a really a great culmination at the 2023 NCAA men's frozen four. Yeah. Rubber stamp. What coach Pecknold said is he called it, you know, in a recent Forbes piece, I think it's one of the best sites and he hopes that it's within that four year rotation. He said, I hope the committee does just that. Well, coach Pecknold, if you put in a good word, maybe, maybe we'll get another frozen four here coming back to our city because we would love to host it yet again. And Rob, that was not just the only event you hosted in April. What a wild April it was. 13 events hosted at venues throughout Hillsborough County. You guys were busy in the month of April. Uh, you Just take me through kind of the wild stretch that, that you guys just had. Well, we only have, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. If you want me to detail every event, Ryan, we're going to be here for a few days. But well, I was just, hoping you'd take me through your breakfast it. routines, you know, what you, right. you know, every, every, I want a journal, a daily journal in the life of Rob Higgins throughout the month of April, you know? Sure, sure. No, what I will say is this, in addition to college hockey and, and baseball, which we talked about, the, the, the other sports that we hosted range from rugby to swimming, to cheerleading, to equestrian, to soccer, to volleyball. And, and and other sports, you know, not even including April yet, because those numbers were still working on and auditing and finalizing. But through March, just from October 1st through March 31st, we're already over over 140,000 hotel visitor room nights. Again, those are indisputable numbers. Those are tracked. And that those are that's a real impact to our community. So while the major events are very important and they put us on the stage that our community deserves to be on, the youth and amateur events that you probably don't hear about enough that are taking place each and every weekend are constantly filling our hotels and supporting those 50,000 tourism and hospitality employees uh, that work here in our community. So we're so fortunate with the job that that Jason and Tony and our team do uh, on an everyday basis uh, to be able to help uh, drive those youth and amateur events here. Uh, Tony is actually right now at the sports ETA conference, having meetings with prospective clients and visiting with long-term clients that we already have. Uh, and like I said, Jason's focused on it, you know, every single day too. So uh, it's been quite uh, a run here it's not going to slow down anytime soon and it's one we really appreciate everybody's support and i do want to also point out our ninth annual tampa bay kids triathlon which was an awesome event at adventure island it's sold out the earliest that it's ever sold out uh jenna grooms uh with with edi on our team has continued to do a fantastic job growing that event alongside our partners at adventure island and bush gardens uh we were there bright and early at 4 a.m uh that uh that that morning and i can tell you that the smiles on the kids faces were fantastic and they just loved being a part of it so many great stories come out of that every single year so kudos to to jenna and our event development institute for not only you know, helping start that event, but but grow it into what it is today. And kudos, by the way, for, you know, 2,500 proceeds going back to Friedrichs Ataxia Research Alliance as well. Um, you know, what an, again. The Gavin Lambert finish line. I mean, that yeah. is one of my favorite things about that event. You know, if you're not familiar with Gavin's story, go on our, our YouTube. He's our hero. We've, you know, we call him the finisher. Uh, we named the finish line after him, I think, four or five years ago 
And there's nothing more special than seeing him at that finish line, handing out the medals to every kid that finishes that has that sense of accomplishment uh, and is inspired to finish just as Gavin has always taught us. And if you haven't checked out our YouTube page, it's at TBSC Commission on YouTube. Just hand, uh, type in that handle. By the way, I did go back and look. The uh, um, the piece that I was able to do uh, for the sneaker soiree, uh, 18,000 views, by the way, on Arian Knighton, which is awesome. I mean, a, a, and by the way, if you haven't had a chance to go back, a lot of those features and pieces are on YouTube on there. But that was awesome, Rob. It was good to see that, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are really resonating with some of the work that we did throughout the sneaker soiree. Absolutely. And social media has been been huge to us from, you know, Instagram to Twitter to YouTube to Facebook. I mean, that's a great way for us to be able to connect with all of our our folks, share different opportunities, whether it comes to, you know, upcoming events to uh, the podcast to volunteer opportunities. So we encourage everybody to uh, to make sure they're following us there uh, and then make sure that you're following Ryan Bass on Instagram because like we all <laughs> vicariously through him i've tried he's inspired me to try to do a better job on instagram but i'm only doing like one or two stories a day versus ryan is a solid double digit day yeah yep i'm a double digit guy yeah yeah um, just again uh be sure to connect with us on there and uh and see what we're up to i'm learning a lot from uh, laney higgins who who's inspired me uh your daughter who is a a social media extraordinaire and an influencer as as we like to call them uh and she is uh, she is elite at this social game so i'm taking notes from her rob just so you know she's teaching me each and every day i wish she would just take over my account (laughs) she's too big time for that so i'm still doing it on my own and figuring it out myself there also is a video on youtube of rob with a banana uh hat uh from the sneaker soiree so that's a good tease if you haven't gone and checked out our youtube you got to go do that because that video is definitely one you need to see uh you mentioned a lot of your team members rob um who have been integral in really laying the foundation for what was an incredible April. And, and of course, um, laying the foundation for the events to come later on this year. But you do have a new team member that you have added to your squad. You want to give a little shout out to the newest member of Team Tampa Bay? Absolutely. We just added Mercedes Jorge, who was the uh, director of basketball operations for our good friend Jose Fernandez at USF Women's Basketball. Uh, super talented, phenomenal leader, um, You know, jack of all trades, uh, really diverse skill set. And I think she really rounds out uh, our team and uh, we couldn't be more excited to get an opportunity to work with her. She's going to be working directly with, with Jenna uh, as well as all of us. I mean, we have such a small team that we're constantly all collaborating uh, together, but it's a phenomenal addition, five-star recruit that gets added to this, uh, to this incredible team that we, we have going. So we're, we're excited with, uh, that addition and can't wait to work with her. Of course, you had to balance out the Tony being from UCF and adding another USF, you know, bull here. So I understand that the college rivalry is trying to balance out your team a little bit, Rob, because of course you needed more USF on your team. Yeah. I mean, between myself and Claire and now Mercedes, just the more we can add bulls to it. I mean, we're just trying to take it to the highest level possible, which I, I get that education has a big role. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Well, we've got much more to come, uh, you know, this year for the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, and especially when it comes to the game of women's volleyball. And we're really excited, Rob. Not only are we kicking off the volleyball season in 2023 here at, uh, at Emily Arena in Tampa, but it will be 
uh, finishing off here as well with a championship trophy being hoisted. Um, take me through kind of what's, you know, been in the works in terms of getting ready for um, what will be an awesome volleyball season to start and finish in Tampa Bay. Well, you, you referenced the road to Tampa Bay Invitational, uh, which will kick off the same on the, the season on the same floor uh, that will crown a national champion four months later. So uh, on August 25th uh, at Amelie Arena, we're going to have four great teams take the floor with Florida, Penn State, Georgia Tech, and USF. And then the following night, uh, we'll switch up the matchups and they'll play at the Yingling Center on August 26th. So it's a great way to start the college volleyball season uh, and really show the road to Tampa Bay and kick it off as it'll unfold, uh, like I said, for those next four months. Uh, national championship planning wise, it's going great. Uh, we've been working with Kristen Fassbender and her team at the NCAA on a variety of different fronts, both both from a marketing standpoint and from an operations standpoint. And it's going to be awesome. We haven't had the opportunity to host in 14 years. Um, it's been 14 long years for us, and we're going to do everything we can to put our best foot forward so we don't have to wait another 14 years to to be able to host them again. Claire, just this past weekend, was at the NCAA Beach Championship, which Kristen also uh, runs from an NCAA standpoint. And there's a lot of crossover, obviously, between beach and indoor. She heard a lot of great feedback as she was promoting our championship as well as the Road to Tampa Bay Invitational. So uh, it's we're really hitting our stride and, and could be more excited for both events in, in August as well as December. Really excited for the outlook of this year. August, obviously, going to be you know kicking off the, the the road to Tampa Bay Invitational here with the women's volleyball season. But August is also going to be a cool opportunity for you to head to Ohio, and Ohio in particular, for Rondé Barber's enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I know you two are, are, are very good friends, and we're all super excited for Rondé. So deserving to finally get the call uh, to be enshrined as, as one of the greatest to ever play this game deservedly. So um, how pumped are you to be able to kind of share in that journey with him? And that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, could not be more excited. I mean, it is going to be awesome. Uh, I've never been to the pro football hall of fame, the museum or the induction. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm taking my son Landon. So a, a guy's trip up there uh to to go check it out i really appreciate being invited and certainly there's nobody more deserving i mean i've seen it's been years in the making it's hard to believe ronde i actually saw this the other day retired 10 years ago and uh 10 years ago this week and it feels like it was yesterday and wow he's been such a great uh treasure of tampa bay between obviously his playing career uh, but what he's done off the field as well. And just in recent years, his leadership with the Valspar Championship with Tracy West and their team, you know, taking that event to an all-new level has been fantastic. And I'm just thrilled for him. He's an all-around phenomenal guy and friend, and I, I can't wait to see him uh, finally get that gold jacket he deserves uh, come the beginning of August. 47 picks, 28 sacks in his career, only player in NFL history in the 45-25 club. Rondé Barber certainly deserving to head to Canton, Ohio, and excited for the boys' trip, you and Landon, to get to go up there and experience that uh, that with him. That's going to be, um, you know, quite the excitement there. And that that August, by the way, will be the tail end of baseball season as well as we get into August and September baseball, gearing up for October. Um, how impressed have you been, Rob? I mean, I've been living this, this uh, you know, raised baseball historic start 
with them here in New York, hopefully to sweep the Yankees. Uh, you know, that, that they took two or three against the Yanks at our house last weekend. Um, this has galvanized the community. I don't know about you, Rob. I've seen more Rays, hats, shirts, jerseys, apparel around town than I've ever seen before. I mean, this this team and this support has been incredible to, to start the season. It's been phenomenal, and it's been very well-deserved. I mean, the way they have played the start to this season has been fantastic. They are just so fun to watch every day. Uh, they could hang a huge number in any inning, so you got to watch. I mean, that's what's so fun about this team is they're just – explosive but they also have great pitching but i mean you tell me you're you're around the, the team <laughs> all the time i mean what is the the magic and the ride been like from your perspective yeah and the magic has been uh it has been breathtaking um you know this is a team that you know they made some minor adjustments in the offseason to being more patient at the plate which has led to this outburst offensively i, mean, I think they have 73 or 74 home runs this year which you know paces baseball by a large margin um, the camaraderie in the clubhouse is is second to none. I mean, these guys get along really well. They like each other. Um, and they're fun. Randy Rosarena had a blast with Randy Land, the debut of his new section in, in 141 at the Trap. Um, you know, this team is finding ways to to win and finding ways to to you know make this a magical run. I mean, it, they were down six nothing to the best pitcher in the American League, one of the best, in Garrett Cole. You know, last Sunday, and they erased that six nothing deficit and ended up winning eight seven in, in walk off fashion. You know, thanks to Isak Paredes. I mean. It hasn't just been one guy, too, Rob. It's been, you know, Randy one night or Taylor Walls another night, Wander Franco, Shane McClanahan, Isak Paredes, um, you know, Christian Bethencourt. I mean, these they they gel together so well. It's a, you know, a bunch of guys that were cast off maybe from other clubs that have come here and really, really made their mark. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's unrealistic to think they're going to finish at 133-win pace this year. But could they break, you know, Major League Baseball's win record of, of 115 in a season? Um, that's within reach and and certainly hope they can continue this run. It's been crazy so far, Rob. Well, my favorite part of the walk-offs too, is I get a chance to watch you ruin a suit in a pair of Jordans <laughs> every time it happens. And I, I always love to see it. I'll put it in slow-mo. I'll play it back. I'll do, I mean, there's nothing better than, than not only, you know, getting a huge raise win in dramatic fashion, but then also seeing you, basically get like a standing dunk take i mean it is yeah. awesome yeah last year g-man Choi purposefully threw it uh at me when uh Paredes had a walk off and then this year i did send an invoice to taylor walls and josh Lowe for the uh the uh dry cleaning bill because not only did the suit get absolutely tattooed uh but the jordans took a lot of work to to get that orange gatorade out of them so um, to those fellas, um, you know, I'm expecting a check in the mail, uh, you know, for that dry cleaning. Um, and Rob, you know, it seems like you and I both are on this dry cleaning trend of trying to make sure that we, you know, we we take care of our suits. So I'm I'm proud of us, buddy. We always want to look our best. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think the key is here: you get not only look our best, but we're going to be even more consistent than we've been. So. I can't wait for the next episode of the Game Day Everyday podcast. I can promise you it won't be this big break like we've had uh, over these recent months. But as you can tell from this episode, we certainly have been busy. We have been busy and we have missed each other as well. Uh, can't wait for our next episode of the Game Day Everyday podcast. Uh, hopefully it's as bananas as this one has been. Until then, we'll see you next time. 